Welcome back to the Deep Six Wrestling Podcast. It is August 8th once again. If you're listening to this, it's definitely not August 8th because I'm recording this at 11.14. So uh, most likely it is August 9th and beyond for anyone listening to this. But if you're new here, I am Pat and I'm currently covering the entirety of the New Japan G1 Climax 32. And this episode is going to be covering night 13 of the tournament, which was headlined by Kazuchika Okada versus Jonah in a, in a much-talked-about match, which we will get to. Um, but if you're new here, please consider subscribing to the podcast wherever you're listening to, whether it's on YouTube or any of the streaming services that the podcast streams on, like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Overcast, Breaker, Anchor, Spotify, wherever it may be, please consider subscribing. And if you're on Apple or Spotify, uh, if you can leave a review or a star rating, it would greatly help us continue to grow our brand and get more eyes and ears on our content, which we would appreciate because the more, uh, the more support we have, you know, the, the more inclined we are to make even more stuff and we're trying to increase our output. Uh, obviously we have this very in-depth and, and lengthy coverage of the G1 climax, uh, from me, Rob is now back on the podcast after a year away and is covering SmackDown on a weekly basis. Ryan has started covering NXT UK. I'm back to doing AEW Dynamite reviews, and Joey may be returning in the near future. Uh, And Ryan and Angelo also cover Impact Wrestling every week, so plenty of wrestling-related content that we are delivering. We've also talked about possibly bringing back our Raw reviews, so we'll see how that goes, but there's plenty to dig your teeth into. Uh, We have a back catalog of, of hundreds of episodes that you can listen to, uh, if, if you feel so inclined, so uh, yeah, we want to we want to keep making content. We want to keep doing this and growing what we've created here at the Deep Six Wrestling Podcast. So uh, thank you to anyone who is supporting us, and if you're a new supporter or if you're thinking about supporting us, please feel encouraged to. We'd appreciate it. Uh, to that same extent, if you're listening to this, please. <laughs> Please leave a comment on the video if you're on YouTube. Uh, let me know what you thought about the G1 Climax so far, specifically this night, which is night 13. Again, headlined by Okada versus Jonah. Leave your thoughts in the, in the comments. Tell me what your favorite match was, least favorite match, whatever it may be. Just leave it in the comments. We appreciate it. We read all our comments. We respond to all of them. And uh, sometimes we talk about them on the actual podcast. So if you want to leave a comment, don't don't be shy. Just you know, feel free to do so. Alright, so we are going to dive right in here, uh, because I would like to get to bed at a reasonable time. Uh, so we're going to dive on in here for night 13 of the G1 Climax, and uh, as always, we're going to do the undercard results, as, as has been tradition here. So, kicking things off, Yoshihashi, Toriyano, and Hiroki Goto defeated the team of Yudo Nakashima, David Finley, and Tanahashi. Uh, and then Sho and Yujiro Takahashi defeated Tamatanga and Jado. Bushi, Sanada, Shingo Takagi, and Tetsuya Naito defeated Takamichinoku, Taichi, Zack Sabre Jr., and Lance Archer. And last but not least, the great Okan, Jeff Cobb, and Will Ospreay defeated the team of Gato, Kenta, and Jay White. And that would send us into our tournament matches for the day, which kicked off with Aaron Hanari versus Evil in C-Block. And our commentary team for the day was Kevin Kelly and Chris Carlton, which I believe is not going to be the case moving forward. I think we just had Chris back for nights 12 and 13, uh, and that we will be back to wrestlers doing commentary until the end of the, probably, like, I'd assume, like, the, the block finals and, and then the end of the actual tournament will probably get Chris back. Uh, so Evil versus Aaron Hanare, uh, right out of the gate, 
We start fast here as Hanari fires out of the corner with his big step-up kick, uh, taking down Evil after uh, a fast look for, for uh, a fast look for control for um, Evil. Uh, with the two going out to the floor as Dick Togo baits Hanari into chasing him around and then into the ring, uh, walking right into a clothesline from Evil. Back at ringside, Evil takes out the timekeeper as per the normal, allowing for some double-team stuff from Evil and Dick Togo, but Hanari manages to land a hip toss to get out of it and sends Evil flying over the barricade. Uh, back into the ring, Hanari lands the Berserker Bomb for a two-count, uh, and then looks for Ultima, but Evil gets out before getting clocked with a fist and a mid-kick to take him down, uh, setting up for the Diving Senton, which lands for Hanare. Evil comes back with the Darkness Falls and gets his own two-count. Uh, he looks for everything is evil, but Hanari gets the Rampage uh, landed to cut Evil off, and then looks for the Streets of Rage, but Togu gets onto the apron. Uh, and to counter this, Hanari sends Evil into Togo and takes him down with another kick before locking in the Ultima. Uh, and the referee then gets held by Evil, who goes to slap Evil away, but Evil, like the, uh, the, the little boy he is, ducks, and the referee ends up slapping Aaron Hanari, who gets pissed off by this. Uh, and then Togo gets in with a chair um, before getting locked in Ultima. Uh, because obviously Dick Togo has to get more involved in this. He then gets sent to the floor, and as the ref is distracted, Evil pegs the chair at Hanare and lands everything is evil. Evil wins to uh, evil wins and moves to four points, and Aaron Hanare sits at two points and is mathematically eliminated from the tournament. I don't really have too much to say on this. Hanare is someone who I've enjoyed throughout this tournament, and uh, while Evil is someone I feel the opposite about. Uh, this just really was not very good and came down to really annoying... Not so great House of Torture shenanigans from Evil and Dick Togo. Uh, this is not a match I would recommend seeking out. Uh, absolutely not. Uh, we would then go to Tom Lawler versus Bad Luck Fale. My other MVP of the tournament, Bad Luck Fale. Him and Evil, the two goats of this G1. Uh, Bad Luck Fale looks to win this match via countout again uh, as he buries Lawler under two sets of ringside barricades, uh, leaving Royce Isaacs to have to help Lawler get out of this, and he does uh, get back into the ring at 18, which honestly is a shame because I really wanted to see Bad Luck Fale win a third match via countout. Uh, Filthy Tom gets stunned against the ropes before heading to the floor, and then under the ring... <laughs> Sorry, yeah. So Filthy Tom gets Fale stunned against the ropes, and then uh, to describe this, he slides out of the ring, and it looks like he's going to grab something from underneath the, the ring, but instead he vanishes... And then he ends up on the opposite side of the ring and winds up behind Fale, who's still stunned in the ring. And, man, and then uh, Lawler uh, grabs his leg for the ankle lock uh, from behind. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's a very interesting offensive maneuver from Tom Lawler, but why not? Um, so he, he gets Fale in the ankle lock and then drags him out to the ringside area before taking off a pair of his pants and then uses them to choke Fale on the outside. Uh, we have a spinning wheel kick that lands from Lawler back in the ring, and he climbs up onto Fale's back and goes for the rear naked choke, but Fale falls back to take him down as Lawler then fires up, uh, but almost gets caught with the grenade, um, but uh, Fale can't get it, so he just does a clothesline uh, for a two count here. The grenade then lands successfully, but Tom kicks out of it. Uh, kind of surprised, but thank God. Uh, the corner DDT from uh, Lawler connects, but Fale kicks out. He goes for the rear naked choke again, and as Fale begins to fade, 
Tom comes off the rope uh, to kick off the, or not kick off, but kick out the leg of Bad Luck Fale and follows up with a running knee to the face and then finally nails the nasty knee to the brain and Tom Lawler wins. Moving to four points and Bad Luck Fale sits at four points. Uh, this was definitely better than the opener. I This isn't still a match I would like highly recommend or say you have to watch this. Uh, it was nice to see Tom Lawler beat such a big guy uh, and just to win this because he absolutely deserved it. Um, but yeah, n- not anything that was like particularly stand out here. Um, so yeah, these first two matches are ones that you can probably skip out on if we're being honest. But that would send us into Bullet Club versus Bullet Club action. In the D block with Juice Robinson versus El Phantasmo, and I'm excited to talk about this. I'm actually very excited to talk about this match. Uh, ELP and Juice two sweet each other before the bell, uh, teasing a lockup, but they tell the crowd to stop clapping, and then they tease it again. But Juice Robinson makes a farting noise as they question who farted, and then they they point at the ref, and it was the stinky referee. He's the one who farted. Uh, we then get the slow motion chain wrestling that everybody loved in PWG as we get a huge shoulder tackle from Juice Robinson here that takes down Phantasmo. And as Juice comes off the ropes, Phantasmo lays down to trip him. And then we get pin attempts with an extremely close, had me biting here, near fall for Phantasmo, uh, or on Phantasmo. And then Juice kicks out of at one uh, from, from Phantasmo's cover. And we get a two sweet. Some people are going to hate this, but this was, this is so fucking good. This is a great start to this match. Uh, as Juice is celebrating, um, ELP goes for a roll-up here, but uh, but Juice gets out and rolls up Phantasmo for two, uh, but gets caught with the tights. Then they bully Kenta Sat- uh, Sato, the referee, both attempting to attack him, but they collide heads first, uh, and then jawjack at each other, as Robinson says that he told ELP what to do before they came out, and then Phantasmo repeatedly shouts that he will kill Juice Robinson. Uh, sure, why not? Uh, both men roll to the floor here as Phantasmo gets a table and Juice gets a chair. And they say that they want to play together. And so Juice sets up a chair next to the table and he challenges ELP to an arm wrestling match, which uh, Kenta agrees to ref here. As we then get ELP cheating to win the arm wrestling match, using two hands, and as Kenta Sato goes to talk to the ring announcer, Juice Robinson just pegs Phantasmo uh, in the head with a chair, and he screams at the ref and then kicks the table over, throwing a bit of a tantrum here, uh, before slamming Phantasmo's face against the apron. Uh, He then takes him up the ramp and just nails him repeatedly with headbutts as he then spikes El Phantasmo on the ramp with a pile driver before dumping him off the stage as we get unhinged Juice Robinson here who has lost his his fucking mind. Phantasmo gets back in the ring at 19 and Juice locks in the Boston Crab as soon as he gets back in the ring. Phantasmo manages to get the rope break as Juice then looks for pulp friction but gets sent to the outside. With ELP landing a really nice Tope Suicida here against the barricade. Uh, Phantasmo takes control at ringside and slams Juice Juice's head on the table until his head literally goes through the table. Uh, something I have never seen before. And he busts Robinson open here. And then Phantasmo climbs up the turnbuckle with Juice here uh, down by the table. Uh, and so Phantasmo's up top, he does the tightrope rock, uh, tightrope walk, and springboards to the floor with a tope con onto Juice Robinson. 
uh, and then sends Juice back into the ring, and he springboards back with his like his springboard splash here, and gets a two count. Uh, Phantasma goes for the Styles Clash, which lands, but Juice still kicks out. The V Trigger connects against the ropes as ELP continues his little tribute tour and sets up for the One Winged Angel. But Juice slides off, uh, and he fails to get Pulp Friction uh, once again. Phantasma goes for Sudden Death. Uh, but misses, left hand of God misses from Juice, but he connects with the right, and then ELP comes in with sudden death as both men go down here for a really good exchange. Phantasma uh, is the first one back up, and he gets CR2, or sets up for CR2, but Juice rises his head and nails a, a headbutt to the groin, uh, and then lands with full, uh, pulp friction, but ELP kicks out uh, as the audience gaps, uh, like let out an audible gasp for this one, so a really good near fall. Uh, Juice grabs another chair and brings it into the ring, attempting to pile drive ELP, who headbutts Robinson's crotch, uh, and then grabs the chair and pegs it at Juice's head, and he does it in front of the referee. He was, uh, you know, obviously pretty heated about how Juice took this match, the direction he took it in, and Juice Robinson wins by disqualification as he moves to four points, uh, and El Phantasmo sits at two. I believe this was a make-or-break situation for Juice, where if he had lost, uh, he was going to be eliminated. I don't think ELP is eliminated. Um, I'm, I'm fairly certain he's not. Uh, no, I, I don't believe he is. So, uh, I believe El Phantasmo is still in this tournament, though if he loses his next match against David Finley, then I think he's done. Uh, so, in my original notes here, I wrote that I was very torn on this, but the more I think about it, the more I'm all on board for this. Uh... I, th I think the in-ring action here and, and, like, the comedy and everything they did, I thought it worked really well. They, they told a, a cohesive story here where these two were just trying to have a fun time. Juice took it too far and became unhinged and was trying to basically murder uh, El Phantasmo here. And Phantasmo wrestled a clean match until the very end. He didn't do any real cheating here, uh, despite, like, you know, he, he just did what was, like, no, I'm trying to think. He didn't really do any cheating. Like, he he brought out a table. That's not cheating. You bring out a table. Um, the only thing that you can consider maybe cheating was him slamming Juice's head through the table. But this was after, you know, Juice was getting violent with him. So, um, yeah, the more I think about it, the more I actually really enjoyed this. I'm sure some people are going to have this as one of their worst matches in the tournament based off of, you know, the comedy stuff and the DQ finish. But I think it made sense. Uh, Phantasmo, you know, sometimes he does cheat. But most of the times he wrestles pretty clean. Uh, he'll, like, cheat when he needs to, I guess. Or if, like, his opponent is cheating, he'll match their cheating. But for the most part, the guy just wrestles kind of like the babyface of Bullet Club. Like, he has a very exciting moveset. He's fun to watch. He has great charisma. Um, and, you know, he got pushed to his limits here by, by Juice Robinson, somebody who he's supposed to be friends with and somebody who he was supposed to have a fun time with today. But... Juice took it too far. Uh, so I enjoyed this. I think this is... Coming out of this tournament, this is going to be one of the most memorable matches for me, like, to be honest. So I enjoyed this quite a bit. Uh, I thought ELP had another really good performance here. I think he's having a fantastic G1. Not that I'm surprised. Uh, he's just a fantastic wrestler. And I think Juice is coming into his own with this new heel Bullet Club persona. So um, this gets, a, a, like, a glaring thumbs up from me. I would recommend this to most people. Though, again, if you're, like, a... A hardcore New Japan fan who just like wants like some of the best wrestling in the world and you know like your 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 Okada big matches and Naito stuff you know maybe this isn't for you but for me I thought this was fantastic. Uh, after this we would get Chase Owens versus uh, Tomohiro Ishii in B Block action. 
Uh, right off the bat, Owens gets rocked with a forearm from Ishii, uh, just knocking him over and sending him to the floor. Uh, Owens then gets back in and just eats a number of chops against uh, from Ishii against the ropes before taking control, attacking the legs of Ishii, uh, snapping it against the ring apron on the floor, and then taking it to the ring post and wrapping it around. A big su- uh, vertical suplex lands from uh, Tomohiro Ishii, cutting off Chase's leg attacks as Ishii gets him into the corner and hammers away with the rapid forearm and chop combination that everybody loves from the uh, the Stone Pit Bull here. Uh, a neckbreaker connects from Owens, but, uh, who looks for a C-trigger, but Ishii avoids before getting sent to the floor as Chase hits a drop kick through the ropes and then sends Ishii into a barricade. Owens goes to chop Ishii against the ring post here, down on ringside, but Ishii ducks and Chase just chops the ring post. I don't know how you do that without it hurting like a, like a bitch. That just does not look fun. I would not want to slap my hand against a metal pole. Uh, and as Ishii then gets Chase up to, it looked like he was trying to, like, suplex him onto the, like, the top of the barricade, Chase hits, like, the most violent move I've ever seen him hit. Uh, he's really been breaking this out a lot during the tournament, but not, not in this, uh, in this fashion, as he hits his sunset bomb, but instead of doing it to the turnbuckle pad, he does it to Ishii, sending him head first into the barricade, and then follows up with a running knee in the ring for a near fall. Uh, that looked brutal. Uh, the jewel heist gets attempted by Chase, and Ishii counters with an attempt for himself, but instead uh, a German suplex lands as both go down. Chase escapes from a power bomb as he fires up with forearms. Ishii then unloads with his own. A pump knee connects from Chase, and the jewel heist does as well, but only gets a two count. A huge super kick from Owens just levels Ishii, who then comes back nailing a headbutt to Chase as both go down again. The half-and-half half suplex from Owens lands, and a huge lariat connects from Ishii, and Chase Owens then kicks out at one before getting taken down with another, Who? Uh, but this one gets like a 2.9. Uh, sliding lariat from Ishii, but only a two count. Uh, Tomohiro Ishii then lifts Chase up and looks for the vertical drop brain buster, but Chase gets out and goes for a backslide pin, almost getting it, but uh, Ishii gets out. The C-Trigger lands against the ropes, and Chase looks for the package pile driver, but Ishii gets out and nails an Enzigiri. But Chase fires back with another knee out of nowhere. The package pile driver lands, and Chase Owens wins, moving to four points as Ishii sits at two. I thought this was pretty crazy uh, how hard these two went, despite both being eliminated from the tournament prior to this match. Uh, they got eliminated by uh, Jay White's match against the Great Okan. And uh, as Chris and Kevin noted on commentary, this was more about a like a battle of pride. And post-match, uh, Chase would go over to English commentary and take uh, Chris's headset to yell at him about uh, questioning Chase's pride in the first place. Um, and both Ishii and Chase, I thought, gave great performances here and, and just really showed off a, a strong chemistry that these two had. Um, shocking win for Chase, at least for some. But can't really complain. Um, you know... Ishii continues to be looked at as an MVP of the G1 Climax while also giving some uh, something big to someone like Chase Owens. So I thought this was pretty good stuff. Uh, very hard-hitting and, you know, a surprising finish. So I don't know what else you could ask for. And then we would head into the main event, which was Kazuchika Okada versus Jonah, rounding this off with A-block action here. A big match for Jonah coming off of uh, arguably his most impressive match of the tournament against Jeff Cobb a few nights prior. Uh, and Jonah would confront, or sorry, Jonah controls Okada to start, not confront, can't read, uh, just keeping him locked down with holds in the center of the ring, but as soon as Okada fights out, he gets taken down with a strong shoulder, uh, shoulder tackle from the top dog, 
We go out to the floor and Jonah flies off the apron, but Okada sidesteps him, which sends Jonah into the barricade as Okada, get, uh, Okada gets one of Jonah's legs tangled up into the barricade and boots it against the timekeeper's table before dragging him onto the ramp. And Okada, it looks like he's going to go for his DDT, but he sets up for a suplex uh, as commentary notes that, you know, Okada really wanted to be able to throw Jonah during this match. And it'd be a story that we would get here. Uh, so he cancels it and then drags him up further up the ramp and looks for the suplex. Uh, but uh, Jonah gets out and lands the standing splash or standing senton, whatever you want to call it, to uh, take down Okada on the ramp. Uh, back in control, Jonah drags Okada back to the ringside and sends him flying into the timekeeper's table and barricades. We have some big chops landing for Jonah, who gets baited into the corner uh, for a roll-up from Okada and a running uppercut cut from the Rainmaker as the 10-minute call comes out. Uh, Okada manages to take Jonah down to the ground after three clotheslines. Uh, it takes him three to knock him down, and then finally gets his DDT in the ring for a two-count. Uh, basement dropkick uh, right against the ropes lands uh, as Okada sends Jonah reeling onto the floor. Bad dude Tito comes over to try and bide some time for Jonah, getting into Okada's face, uh, face who just fl flips him off as uh, Jonah comes to attack Okada from behind, but instead takes out Tito uh, before eating a second DDT from Okada, but this time on the floor. With Tito and Jonah back to their feet, Okada flies over the top rope with a tope con Hilo out of nowhere, uh, which got a pretty big reaction here, as all three men go down on the floor. Uh, eventually, back in the ring, Okada calls for a body slam, as commentary notes throughout the match um, prior to this that, you know, he wanted to throw Jonah, and he can't get it, so the first body slam gets blocked here as Jonah comes off the ropes with a brutal spear. I really like Jonah's spear that we've now seen uh, against Cobb and Okada. I think it's really good. Uh, and then a senton uh, lands for a near fall. Jonah looks for a powerbomb, but Okada somehow finds strength to get Jonah off of him with a back body drop. The boot lands from Jonah, but Okada fires back with a dropkick, sending the big man into the corner as Okada then lifts him onto the top turnbuckle. Jonah comes off the top with a body splash and takes down Okada, uh, lifting him and landing a, a lariat for another near fall here. A dropkick from Okada lands, and he drags Jonah into the center of the ring and finally lands the body slam. The Rainmaker gets looked for after this, but Jonah gets out of the way, only get, uh, to get dropped with another dropkick. Uh, Okada looks for the Rainmaker again, but Jonah gets out with elbows to the face this time as Okada has to, you know, make a choice here, either to keep looking for the Rainmaker or do something else. He chooses a German suplex to take down Jonah and goes again for the Rainmaker for a third time, but Jonah blocks it and catches Okada with repeated headbutts. And uh, off the ropes, Jonah levels Okada with a running lariat, and Okada kicks out at the 20-minute call for a big near fall. Both men go up to the top turnbuckle, and Jonah looks to superplex Okada, but the Rainmaker blocks it, uh, nailing shots to the face as he takes Jonah down. And Okada comes off the top rope with a dropkick, but Jonah catches him in midair with a power bomb. He lifts him up for the Black Forest bomb, and he climbs up as this crowd just goes nuts. People are standing and screaming, and Jonah hits the torpedo. And Jonah wins, beating Okada, as he moves to six points to tie Okada in the lead for A Block, both with six points. Uh, this was, without a doubt, the best Jonah match, or Bronson Reed match, whatever you want to call him. Best match I have ever seen of his. And uh, honestly, that's not only thanks to it being against Okada, but I thought he put in the work here. He knew that he had to stand out in this match with Okada. 
and I thought these two had a, a really great match. And again, just listen to the crowd react at the end. Like when Okada comes off the ropes with the drop kick, and Jonah catches him from there for the last like minute or thirty seconds of the match, however long it was, this crowd became unglued. Uh, fantastic stuff. I highly recommend checking this one out, uh, especially for the final few minutes and the ending and the crowd reaction. Um, yeah, this is the Jonah I want to see more of. It is is this just badass behemoth of a man? Um, so hopefully we get more of it. Um, so coming out of this, Kazuchika Okada versus Jonah is a match I would recommend. Uh, highly recommend Chase versus Ishii. I would also recommend and. It's going to be a polarizing match, but Phantasma versus Juice is probably one of my favorites from the tournament. Uh, the first two matches, you can absolutely skip, but those three are ones you should 100% go watch. Uh, I, I have no qualms about recommending that. Uh, updated standings coming out of this night. Uh, Okada and Jonah are now tied, as I mentioned, with six points in uh, A block, uh, followed up by Tom Lawler, Jeff Cobb, Lance Archer, and Bad Luck Fale with four, uh, and Yano in last place with two. Uh, the B block, we have, uh, who's in the lead over here? Jay White is in the lead with eight points. Chase Owens, the great Okan, or sorry, Chase Owens, uh, Taichi, Sonata, and Tamatanga have four. Tomohiro Ishii, uh, the great Okan have two. But Chase, Okan, and Ishii are mathematically eliminated based off of how many matches they've had so far. Uh, in C block, we have Hiroshi Tanahashi and Zack Sabre Jr. tied with six. Goto, uh, Naito, and Evil have four. And Hanari and Kenta have two. And last but not least, in D block, David Finley still leads his block with six points. As everybody else, but, but El Phantasmo has four. El Phantasmo has two points. But I, again, I don't think he's mathematically eliminated. Uh, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure he is still technically in this tournament. Uh, and so that would bring us to the last thing to go over before I sign off for this podcast, and that is the updated scores for our personal Deep Six Wrestling predictions. Uh, not a good night for any of us except Sam and Rob. Sam went perfect. He got all five matches correct, including Jonah beating Okada. Uh, Rob would finish with four. The only match he would get wrong was uh, Okada versus Jonah. And Angelo, Ryan, Joey, and myself all finished with two points on night uh, 13. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's that, it, it'd be like that. Um, so I guess I'll give the preview because I obviously, so, uh, it's 11.41, so we, uh, we haven't gotten to night 14 yet. It's a couple hours from now. So we'll, uh, we'll mention, I'll just go over the card here for what we got for tournament matches. We have D block, Yujiro Takahashi versus Yoshihashi. This is going to be a tough one for, for, for me. I think Yoshihashi is having one of my favorite tournaments, uh, performance wise, it's going to be hard for him to get a good match out of Yujiro. Uh, you know, Osprey got a, a, a decent one, and Phantasmo did as well. But this is, it's you know, it's an uphill battle. So uh, we'll see how this goes. Uh, in terms of their singles record, uh, Yujiro holds the, the, the most wins. They're 2-1 against each other uh, in Yujiro's favor. Sonata versus Chase Owens. They've only met one time before, and Sonata holds the win uh, over Chase. 
Uh, B-Block, Tamatanga versus Taichi. Their singles record is 1-1, one one, so uh, honestly, I can see this going either way. My assumption is Tamatanga. I think he's going to be in contention for somehow uh, sneaking his way into uh, winning B-Block. Uh, if it's not Jay White, I think it's it's going to come down to Jay, Tamatanga, and Sonata, I would assume. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, A-Block, Jonah versus Lance Archer. These two have never met in singles action, at least in New Japan, uh, so... Uh, another first time matchup this tournament and main eventing C block here Tetsuya Naito versus Kenta with a singles record of 1-1 one and one. I'm interested in this because I I want to say if, if Kenta beats Naito Naito's eliminated but Kenta's 1-2 I don't know if Kenta's going 1-3 uh, but based off of how the tournament's been booked and my assumption that Naito's winning the whole thing I, I gotta assume Naito's beating Kenta here so uh, interesting night of matchups not one that's particularly too hot on paper uh naito versus kenta should be good uh it's probably gonna be long but you know should still be good jonah versus archer i really don't know these guys are both kind of hit or miss uh but both have had better second halves of the tournament than they had first half so that's at least promising tamatanga versus taichi that could be a sleeper on this one uh sonata versus chase owens could also be a sleeper in my opinion sonata somebody who i'm always uh mixed on but i think he's had some solid matches this tournament and chase owens has also had some pretty good showings so these two against each other could be something good and yoshihashi versus yujiro i'm assuming this is going to be yoshihashi's worst match of the tournament probably probably by a, a large margin as well uh so hopefully yoshihashi at least can beat yujiro because in no world should yujiro beat this man uh, but that's going to do it. That's it for me. Uh, thank you for joining me for another review of the New Japan G1 Climax 32. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening if you want to continue to support us. And if you want more New Japan coverage, uh, you know, leaving likes and reviews and comments on whatever, it will encourage us to do so more. So uh, I've been Pat, and as you can hear, I have gotten more and more congested during this as my allergies have decided to randomly try to murder me during this podcast recording session. So... I apologize if I sounded like I was going to, uh, you know, sneeze at some point during this. I, uh, I, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know why my allergies just started acting up at 11.45 at night. Uh, but thank you, and I will talk to you in the next episode for the G1 coverage.